0: Listener, beware. You gave us the scares.
1: Hello, and welcome to Say, Podcast, and Die, the mini I'm Alyssa. I'm Andy, and today we have a special mini-sode because we have a guest on today.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm Zach, and it's real weird to be on a podcast after a long while of not doing podcasts.
1: Yeah, Zach actually used to have a Goosebumps podcast, which people can presumably still look up and listen to, right?
0: Yes. As as my knowledge of this, yes, you just go to whatever podcatcher and just type in Nightmare on Fear Street, and you'll be able to find it in a bunch of episodes I did with my good friend, Meg.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So, part of why we brought Zach on today is because he reached out to us via social media to share a story about having met the man himself, Robert, Robert Stein, Jovial Bob, Jovial Bob himself. Yes. So, uh, we wanted to hear all the details. So, she just yeah, take it it away.
0: So, for me, I've grown up my entire life with goosebumps, and this had to have been because I was doing um, Nightmare on Future at the time. So, I would have been 22. And I remember I was helping a friend just look for panels and stuff at Comic-Con, and I noticed that he was going. This is the interesting thing about R.L. stein is he very rarely makes appearances on the West Coast. So this is one that's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. The only small hitch in the plan was it's at San Diego Comic-Con and getting tickets is, I, I think you might win the lottery. It might be a lot easier. <laughs> it's either that or you have to be grandfathered in like a secret society. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember just asking people around, hey, is there any way you can get me in? one of them was like, oh, I, I need help at my booth. I'll just smuggle you in. So I drove. I remember how much I paid for parking, which was like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but I, I spent the entire night there, the whole morning. There and I spent seven hours in line for a possible chance to meet him, which was going to be one in a million because I had to do like a weird lottery system. The book that I brought along was actually the Cuckoo Clock of Doom. The book that I reached out to you because it's actually the first book that I remember buying with my own money, and I read that thing to death.
1: You said on your YouTube video about what makes Goosebumps special that it's your favorite one, right?
0: Yeah, it's also my favorite one because I've read it the most. I think the first book that I ever read by myself was actually The Legend of the Lost Legend because my power went out and I had nothing else to do. I couldn't. I couldn't. Cartoon Network, so we decided <laughs> to read it by firelight. So that's that's the best way to do it. But the Fu Panda* Doom* is my, my go-to. But I remember bringing it. The book copy that I have is it's almost to the point of where you open it up, it'll just you know gone, reduced to atoms, just poof dust. <laughs> it's real weird because I've met celebrities before, and I don't really get starstruck. Uh, but it was one of those where I see him. He's just some guy. He just he, he like walks to the thing, and I remember pretty much getting in line. You know, twenty people, thirty people. I kept going down, down the list until it was my turn, and this is the, something that will always stick with me, is that I didn't know what to say, I'm just a big like, oh my god, ah, what, what do I say in my brain? I didn't say anything, until I handed him the book, and he just looked at it, and he was like, man, this book, book's got some mileage to it, and I explained, you know, this is the first book that I ever got, and it's like, I'm super nervous to meet you, and I remember him like, Grabbing my hand and shaking it, and just (laughs) thanking me so much for you know reading the books. And I just kind of, I kind of, I didn't get emotional about it, but I was like super shocked. We ended up talking, and I remember the whole conversation that we had because I ended up talking about a friend of mine actually that used his Make a Wish to meet him a long time ago. And this was my friend, no longer is with us, but I remember him remembering this whole thing, remembering the whole conversation, and we had like such a, a fun little opportunity. It's one of those magical moments that for me I'll, I'll never forget because it's one of those where i think about thank your creators kind of like the people that you love and that influence you sh- you should thank them because sometimes they get super ecstatic and things like this where i could already see the person in the corner of my eye getting mad like okay move it up along, Bob, <laughs> move it along uh but you know he, he took the timeouts and i remember i only got the one book signed because then i was like punch drunk the entire time it's one of my favorite memories of all time because it's one of those of, okay, I'm going to do this. How am I going to do this? And sometimes you might have a one in a million shot, but if you can take it, the odds are higher than zero.
1: That's so cool. That's awesome. I just like love that image of him like reaching out and grabbing your hand and being like, thank you for I- reading my books. It's like,
0: really? <laughs> Happy to. Yeah, and- I was more afraid, like, oh, no, is he going to rip my arm off or something? Like, <laughs> this is the, the funny, it's like looks are to be deceiving kind of thing. It's like... Like he's really Pennywise. He looks,
1: yeah. He's got, like, yeah, a, he's very, a plant it's hand. Funny cause
0: it's funny because he's very pragmatic, but also at the same time, he just looks like someone that writes horror books, but also at <laughs> the same time, he's just super goofy. And I love that.
1: I know. That is very much his brand. is like horror plus silly, you know? The only time I think I've really seen him speak is in the intro to the Haunted Mask episode of the TV show. And he's just like, Hello i'm r. l. Stein like does he do that kind of flat delivery
0: oh no that's his that's that's just his entire life and it's it's funnier because that's just I've seen him do interviews at like elementary schools and that's just how he speaks. So that's just his normal cadence. <laughs> He actually has a whole masterclass on masterclass.com, and it's just, that's just his voice, and it's it's so hypnotic that it's funny. And it's weirder because his son, Matt Stein, did Broadway. like He was the sound designer for the Beetlejuice musical, and he also sounds like that, too, and it's real weird.
1: <laughs> I think I want to take that masterclass just to see what this is like. Yeah. Also, I was wondering, I was trying to picture this scene at Comic-Con. Were the people in line with you also people like us who read them as kids and are now adult fans? Or were there children there? Or were there like, people where you're like, this is way after your time. Why are you
0: here? You could actually physically see the generational gap of people in line. You saw like people in their 30s, people in their mid to late 20s. And then you had like seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Like You could actually see the physical height difference.
1: <laughs> it's just like, man, I know what you're going to become, like little horror fan. Just wait. Just look at this line and you'll see it. yeah. You're all going to be goth yeah. one day. <laughs>
0: you, you see that man over there? He's going to ruin your life and make you love spooky horror for the rest of your life. <laughs> Thank him now.
1: As long as we have you here, I figured we could just have a little conversation about some other Goosebumps experiences. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, sure. What do you think drew you to horror? So for me, I think like a lot of people... It's usually their dads and usually dads have no idea how to parent and that, <laughs> what I mean by that is four-year-old me watching I want to say Friday the 13th part five because it's the one with without Jason in it and being horribly confused but still being scared anyways but it's one of those that for me I lived in a family where I just watched movies all day and I read horror books it's weird because I was at the right age I was you know born 95 started reading Goosebumps probably 2000, 2001 when all the kids that have their complete goosebumps collections were moving to high school or college and they were just getting rid of them. And I remember my grandma was always like the enabler and she would take me to the used bookstore and she would just buy me as many books as I want because there were probably maybe like four for a dollar. And I would just get stacks and stacks of these effing things. But I just remember reading them and being enthralled by both the horror, but also I think it's also the appeal of when you're like a nine or 10 year old and you're seeing kids that are (gasps) 11 years old. Like, wow, this is super gritty and this is, it's almost the gateway drug, or I guess, I think Arl Stein once said his books are the training bra for horror at times. I think he said that to Stephen King because someone (laughs) wrote an article about this, I think, at New York Times, I might have to double check this, but he he told Stephen King, like, he's the training bra to Stephen King.
1: I mean, he can, like, be self-effacing all the way to the bank because he's outsold Stephen King by, like, 50 million or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's funny because I think at the height of Goosebumps, he was selling 40 million copies a month. Wow.
1: Yeah, I think a big part of what both of us have talked about in terms of our love of horror is that we're both people with a lot of anxiety. And it's like... Horror both affirms your right to be anxious and also gives you like a safe outlet for it because you can, instead of generalized worry, you can have a a monster that can be defeated Mm -hmm. to fixate on.
0: For me, doing middle fantasy and something I know I've talked about recently is when it comes to horror, it comes to fantasy, you can actually have the physical manifestation of anxiety or depression in this way of it being a monster that you can conquer and beat and outsmart and it's something that becomes tangible. It can be reality, especially when it comes to Goosebumps where each book is almost an allegory for a kid's primary fear. Like, yeah. I just did a whole episode, my first Goosebumps episode that I did. My YouTube channel is all about Welcome to Dead House, the fear of moving and being a stranger and trying to fit in with a bunch of people that have known each other their entire lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or like in Stay Out of the Basement, the fear of having a disapproving dad who you don't understand. <laughs> Actually, speaking of fantasy, something that we've been noticing a lot in the show is just how many genres there are in the Goosebumps universe. And so like every episode of our main episodes, we do a taxonomy of horror. Like what types of horror is this? Within the Goosebumps books, do you think there is a specific type that you are most drawn to?
0: Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I think for me, as my tastes have kind of grown... I think the books that I cling on to uh, kind of change. I think for me personally, the horror that I like in the fantasy is always the concept of the kid versus the environment, such as you know the Cuckoo Clock of Doom, Don't Go to Sleep. You have that where you have the kids that they're almost causing the problems in a sense, but they're the ones that also have to figure out how to defeat it. The concept of like, getting younger with like, Cuckoo Clock of Doom, as an 11-year-old, is scarier because as a 25-year-old, I'm like, oh, keep let me get younger a little bit. I don't want to pay taxes and stuff. <laughs> I remember Cuckoo
1: Clock of Doom also just scaring me in a very existential horror type of way. The idea of being winked out of existence, potentially, backwards. I guess I wasn't old enough to have a fear of mortality, but I, that's kind of got me, was the recognition of my own recent non-existence, right?
0: Mm-hmm. This, this is one of those endings that'll just last with you that isn't like, oh, we're on a different planet, everyone, or we were dogs the entire time. It's, oh, my sister's gone. Oh, what do I do now?
1: yeah. Do you find yourself drawn to different things as an adult revisiting them? Or do you think the same things appeal to you?
0: One of the things I'm appreciating more as an adult is that a lot of these stories actually don't talk down to children in a way of like most books are like super condescending of this time. There there are obviously tropes within these books, especially when it comes to like the girl that isn't like any other girl. She likes, you know, wearing pants and watching (laughs) horror movies. Usually it's fantasy. It's playing with knives. And thus, the kids are the central antagonists as well as the protagonists at times.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting the way it walks the line between supernatural horror and, you know, the stand-in for some kind of relational drama, whether it's a family or authority figure who is not wishing you well or not looking out for you, or whether it's, you know, schoolyard bullies type of tensions. A lot of times in the Goosebumps books, it's both people are the problem and there's something supernatural happening, right? Like, go eat worms. Go eat worms. Regina's gaslighting her brother in a pretty intense way and also there's a giant worm <laughs> something we've noticed because yeah, we've yeah. done a, done a couple of point horror books but the point horror ones, it's always people are the scary thing yeah, exactly. and goosebumps is like no 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 no. there's something supernatural and we can take care of that
0: yeah and i think that's kind of the appeal of it, especially when it comes to Fair street is it's more about everyone's terrible to each other whereas goosebumps is everyone could be terrible to each other but there's always like a supernatural aspect to it in many ways it clings on to kids more.
1: The only other question I have, which is probably an impossible one to answer, is which is your favorite cover?
0: Okay, this one is hard. I was gonna do a whole video about this, so this is something that I actually have been actively thinking about. For me, the one that's always burned into my mind is always Night and Terror Tower. I think that's the one that I think about the most because it is both weird, wacky, has fantastical elements to it, and it's also a guy with a big old axe coming at you. I think Tim Jacobus is such an amazing artist when it came to the Goosebumps books. If I'm going by the weirdest one, I love Chicken Chicken because it's just so weird. It's, it's almost like a conversational starter. Yeah, Chicken Chicken is one where when I look at it, I'm
1: just like, what? I don't want to be part of that situation. Whatever's <laughs> happening with a giant screaming chicken?
0: Yeah. And then
1: Night, on Terror, er, Night in Terror Tower, I was actually just reading that one today because we're recording on it this weekend and I was also thinking about, it's like a pretty simple cover, but he's so good at doing this sort of fisheye perspective where everything's slightly warped and so the sense that this guy's descending on you is really strong
0: yeah especially when it comes to it's not really like a dutch angle but it's like a low angle enough where he's even more physically imposing like you're just right out of his reach but yet he's still coming at you can you share with us where people can find you social
1: media YouTube etc?
0: Yeah, certainly. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at suda41. That's S U D A 4 1. If you want to find my YouTube channel, I've actually covered some goosebumps topics and I have a review that just came out. So I have more reviews planned. You can go to Middle Fantasy. That's just two words, Middle and Fantasy. You can check it out that way. I actually, I have a podcast called Radio Camp Halfblood. It's a Percy Jackson relong podcast as well as If you want to find in the the Ether of Time, Nightmare on Fear Street, I'm sh- It's out there somewhere. It's waiting for adventure. Check that out if you want to. If not, it's okay. You won't hurt my feelings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again so much for coming on to chat with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank
0: you so much. Listeners beware. Send us more
1: scares. Woo. Good boo. Good boo.